Today we have uh, Andy Kung. He is a storyboard artist working out of uh, Los Angeles. How you doing, Andy? Good. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. Welcome to Artist Spotlight. Uh, so tell us about yourself, Andy. Where are you from and uh, what got you started into this uh, crazy film and media business, man? Uh, I'm originally from Orange County, okay. uh, down in SoCal. Uh, in SoCal. Right now I'm based in LA. Okay. Uh, but before I was doing engineering, um, your typical Asian parent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not your typical Asian parents are like, <laughs> either you're going to be a doctor or engineer. You got two choices, you right? That's it. Um, <laughs> And so I did engineering, and I went through that for like seven years. Okay. Uh, and I just wasn't quite fulfilled with my work, and I just felt like maybe there's something more out there for me. Wow. Um, and and then I went to, but at, th throughout that time, I was always like interested in like comics, like cartoons and animation mm -hmm. and film. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think one day I went to Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And I was asking someone, an artist, I'm like, oh, what do you do for work? And he's like, oh, I'm a storyboard artist. Mm -hmm. I work in animation. I get paid to do that. And I was like, paid <laughs> to draw? Yeah. This is crazy. Um, so he, he recommended a school, which was Concept Design Academy. Mm -hmm. And so then I checked that out. And I was like, oh, this is great. Like, it's a trade school. And you just get the skills you need to make a portfolio. Okay. Um, because I thought that you might need an a degree to get into art, mm -hmm. to entertainment, mm -hmm. um, which wasn't the case if you're a, a U.S. citizen. Mm -hmm. um, I was just saying, correct, correct it on this. If you're like an international person out of the States, it, in order to get a visa, you have to have a degree. Uh, but if you're a, an American, it's just like, just get your portfolio and you're good, you know. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I went to art school. But I was doing that as a part-time student because mm -hmm. um, my parents – didn't approve of it, so I kept it a yeah, secret. My, my parents didn't know I was going to art school, so I was keeping that a secret from them. Mm -hmm. um, but then my dad started realizing, like, oh, why is my son spending every night drawing until, like, 2 in the morning? Because <laughs> um, he was like, you have a job. Just go home, relax, watch Netflix, you know, go to bed early. Yeah. Um, but after a certain amount of time, he was like, oh, this isn't a hobby for you. Like, you're – this is something serious. Right. And then um, I was like, yes, yeah, so I'm going to – I've actually been going to art school on the side and, and everything. And then he was like a bit concerned with that. Um, yeah, I think it took him some time to process. But so I think he was like, like I was saying, like he's like, oh, why would you want to leave engineering? Right. And, you know, you at this company that pays you so well, you get health benefits, insurance, four hundred one k, absolutely, stocks, the whole thing. And I was like, people that would die to work at your company. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just not happy with it. I think that's like I said, like a generational thing, where my parents were like, they came here to survive, and like, we. And where for me, like I'm in the opportunity to, to be very privileged to you know pursue, pursue something else outside of that, mm -hmm. um, and that took some convincing for my dad. I think not even to, like I wasn't until I think he came to visit me at the studio mm -hmm. where he was like, "Oh, this is a real job." Right, like, it became what you, real for him. Right, and I, I think once he saw something tangible, he was like, "Okay, you're you're good," you know. Right, right. Uh, and, and I totally get it too. Like this is something that I thought was. I think a very universal thing for any parent to understand because there's a stereotype of like, oh, why do Asians always like go for a more conservative route or, or even first generation immigrants? Mm -hmm. And my dad told me, he's like, if you go down this path as an artist, if you fail and you don't succeed, I can't be there to pick you up mm. because he's like, I've never gone down that art path before. 
Mm. I can't lend you my help. And I was like, but if you go down engineering or be a doctor or pharmacist, if you fail, we can be there to pick you up. Because we have my cousins or, you know, all different families have been in like healthcare right. business. Right, right. So when he said that, I was like, oh, this is why you're so hard on me. Right. You know, and because before he would always be like, oh, you never do it. You're never talented. You can't do it. Right. Like, and I think it was just out of fear my parents were saying like, I, I grew up watching like Batman the Animated Series, like all that like right. stuff. I think it's just that time of like that the booming of TV animation stuff and just being so into that. Um, and then I've always loved books. I always read books constantly. And like, we always play the image of uh, the movie in my head as you're reading a book. Mm-hmm. And then my parents used to own a video store too. Got it. Um, so all those things, but I just didn't know you can make a living a out living, of it. Right. Uh, so I didn't start drawing seriously until I was like 24. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, I like doodled here and there, but if you like count the hours, like that 10,000 hour rule that Malcolm Gladwell talks about, yeah. I'd even touched that maybe had like i don't know my whole, my whole entire lifetime maybe a couple hundred hours you know or a few hundred but not even close to like thousands um yes. so it wasn't until i went to, to art school that i started like really kicking it to high gear and do you think that the, let me ask you do you think because i've talked to people who go said i just kind of winged it i got on youtube but and you actually went to the the route of going to school and learning it do you think that that actually helped um i actually tried i think six months learning on my own Okay. And then we're at that time where like we have like art books and like so much stuff resources online. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't progressing as fast as I wanted to. And then so I was oh, like, well, wow. let me take try out this school. Right. And what I realized is like it's like learning a sport. Mm-hmm. If you have the proper coach and the trainers, you can actually Dot some have obstacles. proper guidance. Right, yeah. right, right. Like that create bad habits. Mm-hmm. So there are people I know that have broken in that have, are self-taught. But for me, I was just like, I want to get in, you know, what's the most like efficient way is, I mean, there's no shortcut, but like what's the best way I can sort of like give myself a, an environment to succeed in, you know, Got it. how can I like divvy that up? Got it. Um, so it's, it's case by case for, but I do think like it does help if you can find like a, either some sort of mentor or someone to help guide you along the way. Got it. So let's move on to the fun stuff. Um, you, yeah. Let's, let's, so your first, your first job, like tell us about how you like your first entry into the, into the business. And what was that like? Oh mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. My first job was on Powerpuff Girls as a storyboard revisionist. Was what now? A storyboard revisionist. Okay. It's basically like an entry level way to like, it's a training job. Okay. Um, and then, so that, that was crazy. Cause I remember when I was at work, I got it. And I was like applying for jobs for like a year, six months to a year. And I didn't hear back. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, I got an email from the showrunner of Powerpuff Girls. And he was like, <laughs> hey, we're rebooting the show. Would you like to take a test for the show? Yeah. Because uh, in uh, animation, you take a test right. to see if you have the hard skill sets. And then That's right. the interview. And I was like jumping up and down at the lab at work. And I was like, okay, I got to take the test. Um, so I emailed him back. I was like, yeah, I'll take the test. And then took the test. They, but I do, I was interviewing for a storeboard position, mm-hmm. but I did told them like, Hey, if this doesn't work out, can you consider me for the training position? Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to get my foot in the door. Yep. So then when that happened, he's like, yeah, we, we don't think you're quite ready for that, mm-hmm. but you're, you're, you're ready for the entry level position. You had at least the, so the, 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 the um, base knowledge set to do the, to, the training. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Uh, but what was funny is that my after getting to know my showrunner, he's like, the reason why we hired you was because he had a friend that changed careers as well. Really? And he says that friend of his worked his ass off. Wow. Butt off. And he's like, I know if I give this guy a chance, mm-hmm. he may like work, 
worked really hard for us. Right. So that background in engineering actually helped you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got it. So Got that, it. so that was great. But it was it was great. The first year it was a lot of learning. Um, just in terms of like how do you carry yourself at work in entertainment and like uh, maneuvering certain politics or like the different hierarchy of work. It was a bit different than engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like the most it was, I was just so blessed to have like such a great first like such a high profile job for a first yeah. time. Oh yeah. Um, but being at Cartoon Network and like seeing the culture is so different than engineering. Got it. Uh, it's like everyone's just like ha- everyone just has a good time. We're all we're all making cartoons and like writing jokes. And stuff. Right, so right. It's, it's like it's a totally different vibe, right? I would bet. <laughs> so yeah. and your job now, um, um, I know you've done a lot. You know, I've, I've seen you've done a lot of uh, different shows and everything and films. Uh, what what's the, what are just the tools or software that you're using on a daily basis? Like, what's your typical day like? You know, can you get into the kind of the details of that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so mainly for work, we draw on like a big tablet. It's it's called like a Wacom Cintiq. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of it like a big like twenty two inch like iPad. Got it. So we can totally draw on it. And then um, the fo- the programs I use are either Photoshop or Storyboard Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I'll just use paper and pen just to sort of like flesh it out traditionally. Got it. Um, but the typical day of work like for let's go over like a typical assignment. The way it works is that we'll get like a handout on Monday. And then we'll come in, and then the director and, and the showrunner director will like break down the story with us. Mm-hmm. And we'll do a read through and be like, "Hey, this is like our intentions for the script. This is the direction that we want to go. Um, maybe there's certain visual cues or inspiration you can look at." Mm-hmm. So sort of just communicating everyone to be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, they'll give us like, like a week or two. But hey, can you guys sort of like do a thumbnail pass, a rough pass of it? Mm-hmm. And then we'll pitch that the following week or two, and then they'll look at it and be like, "Okay." This is good. This isn't good. Maybe you should tweak things here because um, they want to sort of like solidify the foundations before you go into like like uh, cleaning up the work and making it more solidified. Yeah. So once we get those notes, we'll do we'll go into two or three weeks of cleanup, and then we'll do another pitch again. And that way, they'll see the progress. Okay, we're almost at the finish line. What things can we tweak here and there? Mm-hmm. And then we'll do another round of notes. We'll tweak it again, and then we'll turn it in afterwards. Got it. Got it. And then we'll rinse and repeat for the next episodes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Sounds almost kind of like a, a, a software engineers kind of go through that same kind of process of kind of going back and tweaking and going back. Right, it's, <laughs> right. It's totally and it's like after doing both industries, I yeah. told my parents like it's actually very similar. Mm-hmm. We have an assembly line to get stuff out. Yep. And um, I think so much of storyboarding is problem solving. So because mm-hmm. often people ask me like, "Oh, were you able to bring a lot of engineering skills over?" And I was like, "The only thing I brought over was my critical thinking skills." Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that also helped me learn a lot quicker mm-hmm. uh, than other people because I can just look at stuff, break stuff down, recognize patterns. I think a lot of that came from engineering and the training I had. I think mm. the best part for me is just like just meeting a talented group of people. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember like when I was working in engineering, I didn't feel like I quite fit in. Like I, I had friends, really good friends. Yeah. And we connected on values, but I never felt like they truly got me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I went to art and I was like, Oh, I get you. You get me. Like we just got it. Like we're everyone's on the same wavelength. Yeah, yeah. And then I think everyone is so supportive because they know how hard that journey is to break in. Right. So everyone's always lifting each other up and always inspiring people. Yeah. Yep. I think that sense of community is like what I really love about it. Mm-hmm. And having a, a group of friends that like it's not even we're competing with each other, but you see how they're succeeding. You're so proud of them. You're like, I want to step up. You know. Yeah, it makes you step your game up. Too. Right. It's like iron shopping an iron type of thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that's probably one of my favorite things and then the challenges of it i think is i I think it's more just that constant need to grow and like Mm 
Mm-hmm. That's always because there's always problems. Like that's how you grow. It's like going through different challenges. Got it. And I remember like every assignment's like there's always something new. But I try to push every time. I think that's the challenge of it. But it's really rewarding too for me as well, especially when like the projects come back from animations fully like done in post and everything. We all watch it and we share it with the world together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that I think that's really rewarding. And just like celebrating with your friends, you know, like to say, hey, well, you got this new show comes out and, and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much it for that. But I think just right now, the big thing for me is just like, I think that's really exciting right now in the industry is that the emergence of technology and entertainment. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of at a second renaissance right now with yeah. like so much art Personal happening right now. Any piece of content that kind of keeps you kind of, you know, inspired. Yeah, I think uh, like I did a whole <laughs> movie being drove in the holidays. I've actually been making more of an effort to go to the theaters just to watch mm-hmm. more movies now because mm-hmm. it's just about seeing different things uh, mm-hmm. on the big screen. Mm-hmm. And I love like Little Women, like Greta Gerwig. That movie was really inspiring mm-hmm. for me because I feel like she. Every every director has they come from different backgrounds. Sure, and mm-hmm. you can see how that affects the way they direct and shoot their films. So every time I see someone that has like a different take on stuff, I'm like, wow, that's super inspiring. Like, how can I level up and like. You know, how can I learn from that? Got it. So that's uh, that's a thing thing I find really exciting. Seeing all, especially all this content right now. Mm-hmm. Like I think Barry has done really well with terms of the writing and how they handle the comedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's so interesting now because I was talking to my friend that work about like genres. I think the that the boxes of genres are starting to break down right now because mm-hmm. everything that we grew up on is a mix of everything. That's right. So I think shows are starting to blend even more so now. Like Barry's a great example of that. Mm-hmm. where it's like it's a drama but it's a comedy it's an action there's so many different elements um so i think that's been really exciting about the industry right now got it uh, and i think animation is going to be like it's going to be really cool in the next couple years right because we like i think people are starting to see like oh this is like what the medium can do and they can tell like really mature stories like spider-man into the spider-verse was great mm-hmm. like i think that's something adults enjoyed too and it's not such a kid's medium. Mm-hmm. So I think that's people are going to be more aware of that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be really exciting for people to see, like, oh, what potential stories can there be told through animation. Now, or do you think there will be um, in the near future so that someone can make even a basic um, animation uh, short and that's actually th- that can look, you know, halfway decent, sound decent? Or you think that we're still far away from that? <laughs> I don't. Think so. I think we're gonna get there. Mm-hmm. I think same thing like for live action, how that mm-hmm. that's where gap is shrinking. I think it's definitely shrinking in um, animation as well. Really, I have friends that are like developing. Um, their goal is to make animation as easy as you can for people. Mm-hmm. They're using VR, mm-hmm. um, where they would have like basic puppets that you can step in, mm-hmm. and then you can act out everything. Instead of drawing everything, you would act out the motions. Oh, nice. Okay. And then it's recording everything, mm-hmm. and then I was like. I remember experiencing that. I was or playing with it. I was like, this is like the future for me of storyboarding. Right, right. Instead of drawing, I can just jump into VR, jump in a puppet, and act everything out. And I can move the camera in a 3D environment. So I, I definitely think there's going to be a big shift in that. Um, so, I mean, I tell my friends, like, I think the big thing is, no matter what, is always to keep on learning about story. You know, mm-hmm. developing your muscles in terms of like how do you become a better story, how do you find your voice? That's right. Because you, I mean, as the technology and the medium gets like more efficient for us, we still need to hone our voice as an artist. That's right. I think that's so important, especially with now with the 
demand for different cultural point of views, different people of color. I think it's mm-hmm. such a great time. First, mm-hmm. is that what would you tell someone just getting into the industry, whether they're just getting out of college, looking to break in, or someone like you who was in a, a field and want to do a career change or has, know that they have a love for not just storyboarding, but the animation or even film um, in general um, or, the, or the industry, entertainment industry? Uh, what would you say to them? What kind of um, piece of advice or you know inspiration could you give them? Um, I, I think I always tell students is like learn to love to learn. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way you can keep on growing and like making sure you have a strong foundations. Mm-hmm. But, and then the other bigger thing is just being a good, decent human being. Like that will get you so far in this industry. Mm-hmm. Um, just like learning how to have like to develop soft skills as well as your hard skills. Like mm-hmm. how do you communicate with people? Like how do you, you know, how do you just be attentive and read their emotions and gauge that thing? Mm-hmm. So I think those aside from like your hard work developing i think those are the two big things i think okay okay important. awesome um so before we head out um any any uh, any um uh, upcoming projects that you want to talk about discuss your products you worked on that you want to or maybe coming out or that you're working on now uh, that you want to discuss uh, yeah about- so mm-hmm. i just wrapped up on a project that it's announced called trash truck uh, okay. early last year okay um that's gonna come out i think november 2020 Okay. So it's a preschool show, and I guess it's kind of like Calvin and Hobbes meets Winnie the Pooh. Oh, no. Uh, but okay. it's like, it's the quality of the show is just beautiful and amazing. Nice. Like, I tell my friends, like, imagine if Pixar made a preschool show. Wow. Like, that's the feel of it. Okay. Um, and it's, like, under the guidance of, like, Glenn Keane and Max Keane. So, you know, like, the quality of the animation is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a few other projects, but those are unannounced yet, so I can't quite say too much you. about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely, Netflix animation will have some exciting things coming up the next year, too, or, and even more so afterwards. Got it. Well, Andy, I really appreciate your time and sharing your story like that. I know it's going to oh, be a lot you. of people who are going to be motivated by it. So, and, uh, uh, you know, good luck in your career. I know you got a lot of... Uh, bigger things ahead of you when you're coming up and i hope you be a friend to the show and keep in touch with us and, and stop in every oh, now of course. and then <laughs> cool uh, thanks so much morris i appreciate it andy have a good one man you too bye